church, I hope that you are well and that you are blessed. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for watching this video and for still setting aside this time as a time of worship and for making the effort to be in groups and to pray together and be in the Word together. I hope that you have an amazing time and I hope this video really blesses you. I really believe if we can just honor our government in this time, uh, that's important. Uh, they, I think they're making wise choices for us and if we just obey, then we won't see this virus uh, spread as it has in other nations. So, um, so yeah, so this is our effort to honor them but still have church and be together. There are, there are two things I want to share in this video with you. Firstly, I want to just share a little bit of like a prophetic understanding about the times we're in and what we're going through. And then I have a short word from Psalm 91 that I hope will encourage you and challenge you um, as we journey through this, this period of time. So firstly, let's talk about having a prophetic understanding of what's going on. I, I know that uh, there's been many words about 2020 being a year of revival. Um, there's been so many prophetic words that the church is going to grow and, and globally the church is going to, uh, there's going to be breakthrough um, in signs, wonders, miracles. So 2020 has got a lot of prophecy on it. And now all of a sudden we see there's this thing called COVID-19. And uh, there have been stadiums that are booked, there are crusades that are booked, there are flights that are booked, missionaries that need to travel, church conferences that need to happen. There are all these sort of uh, plans that the church has had, which COVID-19 has actually shut down. Um, and, and we can't gather in stadiums, and, and flights have been canceled, and, and all this evangelistic and this outreach effort has actually come to a grinding halt globally. And so, you know, we've got to look at that and go, well, hang on, what, you know, why, you know, why is this thing happening and, and what is going on here? Um, and, and, you know, when we look at the word, this, this, is, this is not something that is, that is new. Um, whenever we see God is about to do something incredible in the earth, the enemy always tries to sabotage it or stop it with some sort of attack. Um, and, and that's how I see COVID-19. I really see it as an attack against the plan of the church and the mission of the church. Um, kind of like in the days, you know, when, when God heard the cry of the Israelites in Egypt in their slavery. So, he, um, so he, he raised up a deliverer in Moses. But before Moses was about to be born, Pharaoh gets wind of what's going to happen. And he tries to kill all the babies um, in Israel at that time to try and stop the move of God to save and deliver his people. We see the same thing happening in the time of Jesus where Herod kills all the babies. Um, and, and there's many other examples in scripture where it's like hell gets wind of what God is about to do and so he tries to sabotage it and he tries to cut it off and, and, and stop it from happening before it actually has a chance to get going. And uh, I, I, I'm seeing COVID-19 as that. I'm seeing it as the enemy's effort to try and stop what God wants to do this year. But one thing we must always remember from Scripture is that whenever Satan attacks, um, God always turns it to the good. He always uses whatever Satan throws at him uh, and the church and he transforms it and uses it as a platform to actually bring about his plans and his purposes. I mean, when we look at scripture, we see, we see that exactly happening with, with Moses. I mean, he was supposed to be killed 
and and instead because of the persecution he gets planted right in Pharaoh's house uh, with without that persecution I don't know if he would have got planted in Pharaoh's house so so whatever the enemy throws uh, God actually uses as a platform for uh, his plans and his purposes and so if we're gonna look at this time of COVID-19 and and his, and his halt on church and church activity and evangelistic activity we, we've got to ask ourselves the questions you know Lord how are you setting us up um, in this hour how are you setting us up for greater increase you know when when the enemy tried to stop Jesus by crucifix uh, through the crucifixion it was an elaborate plan of betrayal and jealousy and and all conniving and scheming by and he, and he really thought that by killing Jesus he was gonna stop the move of God and and actually he played straight into God's hands and God used the crucifixion as the triumph moment over the enemy and and so the enemy can't see you know past the now but God can and it even says that had the enemy known had had they known uh, what God was gonna do at the crucifixion they would never have crucified him they would never have crucified Jesus if they had known how God was actually gonna turn it around so you know this is how we've got to look at the situation now and we've got to ask ourselves a question like could COVID-19 be the pause that we need as the church Maybe it's the pause we need to get us back to small groups or to get us back to prayer or to refocus our, our lives and our energies and our efforts. Could it be the, the necessary ingredient for revival? Could it be the thing that, that shakes the nations and turns people back to God and gets them coming back to church and opens their hearts to the gospel? Could, could, could you know, what, what, what seems to be the plan of the enemy and, 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 and what he's doing to wreck our, our, our plans and our lives, could this be the very thing that God is using to, to set us up for victory? And so, um, I really believe that as a church, we should not be goofing off in this hour. I think we need to be very awake, very attentive, and very prayerful as to how we should be positioned. Uh, you know, don't use the time at home because uh, you have to work from home to, as a time to goof off and watch videos and, and just, I, I think we need to be awake. I think we need to be aware and, and asking God, like, how can we align with you in this hour to see all your plans come to fruition for for 2020 so um, that's just my my take on what we're going through at the moment and um, and I hope that you uh, are awake and that you're aware of what God wants to do in your life and through you during this time Let's get into the word which is Psalm 91 if you have a Bible you you're welcome to open it up and and get it out in front of you so that you can see it but let's pray before we get into the word father in heaven we commit this time to you we believe that your plans for us are good and that everything good starts with your word. Your word brings life, healing, and direction. We treasure your word more than our daily bread. We boldly confess that our minds are alert, our hearts are receptive. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. Um, so Psalm 91 is our response to COVID-19. It's what we've been praying, it's what we've been declaring over us as a church, and we're trusting for zero infections as we, as we stand on this psalm. It is a beautiful psalm. It is, it is packed with promises and 
of protection and blessing. It's, it's a famous psalm. It's, it's really, it's like Psalm 23. It's like people have number plates written Psalm 91 on, on, on their vehicles, you know. Uh, it, is, it is such a beautiful piece of scripture. And um, I'm doing it, just for the sake of time, I'm not going to read through the whole, the whole psalm. I, I hope that you guys will do that in your time together. But I just want to show, just call out now, just some of the things that, that actually we are protected from in the psalm. Um, it speaks there of traps of the enemy that we get protected from. So the enemy sets traps for us, but God protects us from them. It talks about pestilence or perilous pestilence which is like disease and sickness like COVID-19 it talks about terror by day and arrows that fly by uh, sorry terror by night and arrows that fly by day uh, pestilence that walks in darkness um, which is really demonically induced sicknesses um, it talks about the destruction that lays waste at noonday how we protected from that it says thousands are falling around us but it won't come near us protection from evil from plagues from stumbling stones and then it goes on to say how we don't just survive all these attacks but we will actually crush the lion and the serpent speaking about satan under our feet as well um, so this is really this is a powerful psalm there's some powerful promises in here but i want us in this time to just draw our attention to just two verses in in that psalm um, which is verse 9 and verse 14 and we're just going to make this the focus of um, of our time together but the reason why we want to focus on just these two verses um, is because in these two verses we find the keys to unlocking the blessings of Psalm 91 in fact the whole of Psalm 91 is written because of these two verses so let's we're gonna read verse 9 and we're gonna read verse 14 but as we read them I want you to notice that there are three becauses um, in these two verses, uh, which really explain why God is, is pouring out this blessing and this protection. So let's read verse 9. It says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, befall you etc. So notice that, that the blessings are there because this person has made the Lord uh, their dwelling place and then in verse 14 it says because he has set his love upon me therefore I will deliver him why will God deliver him because this guy has set his love on the Lord and then it carries on and says I will set him on high because he has known my name he will call on me and I will answer so there are three becauses and in the psalm and and all these blessings are written uh, and rest on those three points and so we must understand this psalm is not just like God just randomly protecting there this is this psalm is written because this person uh, in the psalm was doing three things there were three keys here that they were doing three things that they were doing and because of those three things God was like I'm gonna protect you I'm gonna cover you no plagues coming upon you thousands are gonna fall all around you but it's not gonna come near you because 
you have done these three things. So it's really important that we know what these three things are and that we're doing these three things uh, so that we can claim the blessings and the promises that are in the psalm. So let's just talk about the first one. The first point is this, make God your dwelling place. Verse 19 says, verse nine, sorry, says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. In Psalm 27 and verse four, David said, one thing I desire of the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Uh, in verse 1 of Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of his wings. So, so there, is, there is this blessing of protection because this person has made God their dwelling place. And um, that word dwell uh, in, in Hebrew is, means to abide or to sit down or to settle to remain or even marry it can even mean marry and it implies I'm, I'm here I'm not moving I'm settling I'm remaining um, and it also speaks of a resting place or a place of safety or a base or a headquarters so this person in the psalm has made God the place where they settle where they remain um, They've made God their base, their headquarters, their place of safety, and their resting place. So I imagine it like you're going camping, and you know how you go camping? I'm not a big camper, but when, when you do go, you go with your tent, and you go with your pots, and your pans, and all, all your stuff, and you arrive at your, your, your site where you're gonna camp, and the first thing you do is, is you look for somewhere to, to set up camp. You look for a base, you look for a, a safe place, where the ground is level, um, where there's covering, where there's protection from the elements, and you make that your, your campsite. You make that your place where you're gonna rest and base yourself. And, um, and, that's, and that's an important place. That's like a very important decision when you're camping and when you're hiking. You have to choose very wisely. You have to make sure that it's, it's the right place because that becomes your base. You go out from there, but you always come back to there. That's a place where you sleep. It's a place where where you're most vulnerable, where you refresh yourself, where you nourish yourself and eat, and where you talk about your day, you plan your day, the place where you uh, talk about what happened in the day. It's the place that you go and you come back to. Um, and, and really, when it talks about making God our dwelling place, that's, that's kind of how I understand it. We make God our campsite. We make Him our primary place in the world, the place we go to uh, for nourishment, place we go to for fellowship um, for conversation about the day to come or conversation about the day that's just been that, that he is he's the center point of our lives and our days um, and 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 this is what this person has done they've made God their dwelling place the place that they keep going back to the place the center of their life it reminds me of Jesus' words in John 15 where he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me, remain in me. Um, and then he, he talks about the blessings that come from abiding in him, that we'll bear fruit and that we'll produce and uh, that we'll be safe and we'll get whatever we ask for in prayer. But it all comes from making God our dwelling place. And so I, I've got some questions there that you guys can look at in the iConnect and discuss about you know, what does it mean to center your life around God and in what practical ways can you actually abide in God? 
So the second key uh, that we see here in Psalm 91 is in verse 14. And it says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Um, there is something so, I don't know, so something so powerful about making God the love of your life. Um, and that's and that's what we see in the psalm. It's just this guy has set his love on me Therefore, I'm gonna lavish my love on him. It reminds me of a scripture in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 6. It says this it says but I lavish look at this. I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. I mean how amazing is that so if so God responds to our love with blessing and protection. Um, and, and, and we look at the first and greatest commandment. What is the first commandment? That we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Um, this is, our love for God is paramount. It's, it's the most important thing in Scripture. It's the number one commandment. It's like, if we don't have that, we, we don't, everything else is like, doesn't count. <laughs> Um, and, and when we see in Scripture, it's like it's a huge insult to God if we are lukewarm in our passion and love for Him. Um, and so, so because the Psalm 91 is written, because this guy has set his love on God. And God cannot ignore that. When, whenever we pour out our love to God and our devotion and our passion and we make Him our number one, it's like the blessings to a thousand generations come upon us. Um, there is there is another scripture I wanted to share with you Matthew 24 verse 11 to 14 and it says because uh, in the last days Jesus is talking it says because of lawlessness the love of many will grow cold uh, but he who endures to the end will be saved and uh, you know I, we are living in the end times and and lawlessness is abounding and you know, we see this happen often is that, you know, people start out passionate for God, in love with God, in love with the church, in love with the mission of God. Uh, but because of the hardness of life, because of the, the lawlessness around us, you know, the love can grow cold. And, and, and there's a warning in Scripture that we have to cultivate our love for God. The third key I want to share with you um, is found in the second half of verse 14. And it says, because he has known my name... Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him and carries on. So this is the third key to unlocking the promises of Psalm 91. And it says there, because he has known my name. Uh, what does that mean, he has known my name? Well, you know, if you go look at scripture, you'll find out that actually God has a few hundred names in scripture. So which name is he actually referring to here? Um, is it and do we have to know all of them obviously not okay uh, we don't have to go and learn all the names of God um, in order to claim the blessings of the psalm um, what he's referring to there is is knowing his character and knowing his nature uh, when he says because he has known my name what he's saying is this guy because he knows me because he knows my nature because he knows my character um, he he will call on me and I will answer and um, so so there's this very interesting passage in Exodus 34 which I wanted to read to you and in this passage um, what we see is God actually preaching his name to Moses 
And, and what he's doing is he's basically saying to Moses, this is who I am. This is my character. This is my nature. In Exodus 34, verse 5, it says the following. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord, so he preached his own name. Um, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So, so God actually comes and he preaches his name to uh, Moses but what he's basically saying to Moses is this is who I am I am the Lord I am merciful I am gracious I'm long-suffering I'm abounding in goodness I'm truth in other words the summary of it is I am good that's who I am in the core of who I am I am good I am a good God and you know there's there's something about us that always questions the goodness of God and his heart towards us we we, we know that He is good in Scripture. We believe, we say God is good. We sing God is good. Um, but often we doubt His goodness toward us or His love toward us. And, um, and we're skeptical often of that. And we, we're not sure of it. And, you know, we, we often wonder, like, is the pain and the tough things that we're going through a result of God? And, and, and we, we doubt that, that very nature of God, that very goodness of who he is um, often especially when we're going through difficult stuff um, but what 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 God is highlighting here is this guy in Psalm 91 knows God and he knows his name and, and it's not talking about a, a, a person who who is doubting God this is talking about a person who's resolved in his heart that no matter what he's going through God is good not just theory not just head knowledge but God is good no matter what I experience no matter what I'm going through they in their in their in their soul they've resolved the question of the goodness of God the nature of God is resolved in their hearts there's no debate there's no doubt there's no confusion God is good no matter what I go through and, and you know this is having that is is key to unlocking the blessings and the promises of God Hebrews 11:6 6 says that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him that God is a, actually in his nature a rewarder that he is there to bless our lives and to prosper our lives and 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 if you don't have that you you can't have faith and if you don't have faith you can't enter into any of the promises that are there in Scripture without faith it's impossible to please God um, and it's impossible to please him because without it we, we can't access his goodness and so there has to be in order to have faith you have to have a resolution you have to know the name of the Lord you got to know in your heart this that his nature and who he is that at the core of who he is that when you approach him he is good and not just good in theory but he is good to me and so there are some questions there that you can discuss around that um, and pray around that but really just in conclusion Psalm 91 is written because of those those three things those three keys that we've looked at um, today and number one was make God your dwelling number two was set your love on the Lord and number three was believe in his goodness and then all these blessings shall come upon you so 
I pray that as you discuss and as you talk about these things that you will uh, be challenged and that you will prioritize these in your life so that we can enjoy the blessings of Psalm 91. I love you church, God bless you and hopefully we'll be back uh, together in our venue soon.